Little Mermaid and Thumbnail, welcome to Under the Bridge. <laughs> welcome to Under the Bridge, everybody. <laughs> I'm Cody, aka the Scarlet Troll. And I am Greg, aka Greg. And we've got news, we've got trailers, we've got movie reviews. Two of them, in fact. It's a real oh boy. It's a real week of stuff, as it always is. As it always is, and as it always, hopefully, for the most part, maybe will be provided Hollywood gets back to actually paying their writers. Yeah, we'll see what happens, we'll see what effect the writer strike has. Bear in mind, I do have a pivot strategy in case everything comes screeching to a grinding halt. <laughs> the upside is, even if it did, we still wouldn't have to worry about it for another year or so. So. Oh yeah, yeah, we'd be good for a Or maybe somewhere around there. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Anyways, let's get into the news. It's pretty much all comic book related this week, I'll admit. Oh, oh there's one that isn't. I almost forgot. Okay. <laughs> let's start with game news, which is also superhero related. <laughs> we got the Spider-Man 2 gameplay presentation for the PS5. Oh, yeah. It looks pretty all right. Yeah, it looks, it looks pretty good. I unfortunately wasn't able to pay as much attention as I wanted to the gameplay demo because I was also working when it came up because i work at a game store but it looks pretty neat it was very cool to see peter with the full venom thing going on it was also good to see miles graphically of course it looks gorgeous as most first party games do on the ps5 yeah but i'll admit mm -hmm. i i cannot perceive as much of a difference between ps5 and ps4 i don't see the point of this system yeah graphically at least yeah it's one of those things where I would say, when it comes to that thing, it depends on how in-depth you want to get Gran Turismo, even though I have many, many things to say about Gran Turismo 7. That's kind of the barometer of if you're looking for really, really good graphics, but the thing is, is that those graphics are only noticeable, really, if you're looking at really minute details, mostly on the cars, which most people aren't. You know, it's one of those things where, like, Spider-Man looks good, but... It's just, it looks good in general because it's a PS5 or first party, at least, PS5 game. Mm. I'd say compared to the previous game, it's maybe not a massive jump unless you know what you're looking for. Yeah. Some stray observations. Mm -hmm. I'm very sad we don't have Spider-Man on a jet ski. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I understand why, but it seems kind of weird when the whole point is catching up to these guys on jet skis that if you're jumping on a jet ski, you don't commandeer it for your own use. Yeah, but web-slinging, Cody. <laughs> I know, I know, and I'm sure that's why, because it would be a pain in the ass to program in a jet ski segment just for presumably this one chase, but it's still a case of, you'd think it would help a little bit to commandeer the jet ski at least for a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just see Mobius riding past... <laughs> wow <laughs> that would be funny angry voice peter is something mm. else yeah yeah it is <laughs> he's gonna wish he never came to new york <laughs> yeah i mean just venom peter in general is is something else i very much enjoyed how he saved a person like he saved the civilian but rather than just like gently like putting them down he just kind of like tosses them on the ground it's like all right you're safe i'm going somewhere else now <laughs> it's it's Get very the fuck minor away from me yeah it's one of those things where it's like it's extremely minor detail but when i saw that i just laughed my ass off <laughs> right they're really pushing the peter's kind of a dick with the symbiote mhm mm subtlety this ain't no, as I say, are we going like the Web of Shadows route now? <laughs> or again, rather? Well, the, the really funny thing is, originally, the symbiote didn't cause Peter to become more aggressive or more of a jerk at all. 
Oh, really? No, originally what happened was he discovered it was alive and was trying to bond permanently with him, and then he freaked out and had Mr. Fantastic get rid of it, or try mm. to help get rid of it, or... Uh, the, the point is, he got rid of it. Right. And the heightened aggression and negative drawbacks of that are actually pretty much just a thing that's been shoehorned in by later adaptations and then brought into the comics to justify Spider-Man ditching the suit. Oh. Uh, I can kind of see why. I imagine it's one of those things where, like... It's one thing if the symbiote just makes him more powerful, even if the symbiote is itself evil. I imagine it makes it a little more interesting if the symbiote also messes with how Peter acts in his mental state. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those, we got, there has to be some reason for him to get rid of it beyond just it's alive or else he looks like a jerk, I guess. Insert the symbiote being used as another vehicle to make Peter Parker miserable. <sighs> <laughs> Alright, so I hit the nail on the head there. Excellent. <laughs> Is it me or does Craven look a little bit like Jim from The Office? <laughs> he does. John Kravinsky? John Kravinsky. <laughs> oh, it's a shame he's already being played by Aaron Taylor Johnson in the movie, because actually, you know what? Mm -hmm. John Krasinski would make a pretty good Craven, I bet. Oh, oh, you think so? John Krasinski would make a pretty good lots of things, if I'm honest. <laughs> Honestly, you could put him as Superman, and I wouldn't really necessarily bat an eye at it. Mm. Not saying they should. No, but looking, I mean, looking at pictures of the man, it's like, he could pull off Superman. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So, that's all fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, another minor nitpick. During the whole jet skiing on a drone thing, mm -hmm. all I could think was, why doesn't he just shoot a web up at the bridge? Because <laughs> that would make too much sense. <laughs> I guess. Or render distance. I don't know. <laughs> that might also be the case. I'm nitpicking, though. This looks like fun. Is it bad that I got annoyed with the bit where late into the chase, something's sent into, like, a riverboat full of people, and they have to, like, even though they don't show what happening, because they use it as a segue to, I think, um, Miles Morales, if I remember correctly, it turns into, it's still the whole thing, like, all these people are in danger. Oh, it's Spider-Man. Spider-Man will help. It's like, god damn, guys, we get it. He's a superhero, but it's, I feel like it's one of those things where it always pops up in any, like, gameplay trailer thing with Spider-Man, is that there always has to be a scene of, like, Spider-Man saving people that are in dire distress. Well, yeah, that's part of what makes him a cool, it's like the Flash. He has the time and ability to do it, ergo you gotta insert a scene involving it. Mm, fair. All in all, I'm looking forward to this. I still haven't played Miles Morales, partly because I don't own the PS5 that is in my house, but... Mm. So I'm afraid to touch it. Fair. I do want to play... I haven't touched any of the Spider-Man games that came out PS um for the PS4. Hell, that's right. I still have to beat the first one. Yeah, and that's primarily because I don't have a PS4 or PS5. I remember being extremely interested in the game when it, when it was first revealed. And I was like, I have to buy this when it was revealed at what? What was that? E3 2017? Something like that. Jesus. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, by the way, PlayStation 4 exclusives. Like, well, no. <laughs> Just no. <laughs> it's like, it's like, ah, dang it. I mean, I have met, I have much more explicit thoughts about console exclusivity, but I think it's too early in the podcast for me to get that sweary. sweary. Um. <laughs> so here's the one thing that isn't superhero movie related so far. Well, superhero oh. related. Okay. James Cameron revealed at Dell Tech World that he started writing a new Terminator movie three months ago. 
Oh, really? Yes. However, he's put a pause on it because he wants to see how AI shakes out before he does anything else with it. Like AI as an actual AI or like AI writing? As a concept, presumably. Okay, because I was going to say, if he's like talking about things like chat, GTP and all that, it's like... Writer strike. <laughs> yeah. making the making the point for them. <laughs> Look, I think James Cameron is a little bit head up his own ass, which he has every right to be because the man has made very high grossing and imp- technically impressive movies. So yes, you can afford to have as big an ego as you like. But I'd mm-hmm. also like to assume he's not a big enough asshole to be fucking around with AI writing during this strike. Good. I'd or at hope. least I hope so. I hope so too. More accurately. Boy, can you imagine a Terminator movie where it's just, oh no, Skynet is stealing everybody's work. <laughs> that would be really great. Your dog ate the homework? No, I ate the homework. I am the homework. <laughs> Skynet's just plagiarizing for an art competition. <laughs> And then I and then uh, Sky is just like and then I want to show you my next exhibit. It's called um, NFT. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have to kill Sarah Connor before she proposes some anti AI legislation. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> uh, so that's a that's a fun little thing. I still have not seen one single Terminator. I've only seen bits and pieces of each of them. Yeah. I feel like I'm gonna have to fix that at some point. Yeah, I need to, too, because I know they're, like, such classic action movies. Like, I know I've seen, like, I think the one I've seen the most of is the very first one. I started watching it, then decided I wasn't in the mood and stopped. (laughs) I think that's what happened to me. I know that one of the reasons why, and this is just such a weird tangent slash connection, one of the main reasons I wanted to play it was because, of all things, in, like, a decent number of shooter games between, like, 2000... I'll say between 2008 and 2010. You ever see, like, people doing the thing with, like, the short-barreled lever-action shotgun where instead of just cocking it normally, they just, like, flip it over, like, over their arm or whatever? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was something from the Terminator movies originally. That seems really so, dangerous. It It is very dangerous. Like, what it references directly is the scene where Arnold Schwarzenegger is chasing somebody on a motorcycle, and he has one hand on the handlebar of the motorcycle and the other hand holding the shotgun. And every time he shoots, he does the flip cock of, like, turning it 360 degrees to, like, um, cycle the next round. Huh. And a lot of people and animators especially were like, that's really cool. Yeah, it's also very Hollywood. <laughs> I bet. Mm. So I'm interested to see how this pans out. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm sure it will also go to horrifying places. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of horrifying places, let's check in on the writer's strike. Oh, boy. The updates I have this week are all updates. <laughs> uh, like, real quick caveat, I feel like whenever we talk about the writer's strike, we need to have some kind of transition for that. How, like, the old car- 60s cartoons would have... And then... <laughs> what it should be is a logo. It's like a logo of Zazzle's face. Um, <laughs> and, then a- and then around it is, like, a plaque or, like, a badge or whatever that just says, pay your fucking writers. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> he's not the only one being shitty. And... I- I never substantiated, but I heard Netflix was the holdout that led to the whole thing falling through. That's what I heard as well. <laughs> so, it doesn't seem right to put... Then again, Zaslav doesn't really deserve the benefit of courtesy after all the shit he's pulled, so... No. Or, I mean, you could also... I feel like at that point, it's 50-50 if it turns out, especially that the thing about Netflix being the holdout is true. Mm. Then it's 50-50 of either having 
Zazzlo's face or just the Netflix logo with so, that badge. Okay, you know what? This new segment is called do 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 Pay Your Fucking Writers. <laughs> I'm good. I'm down for that. <laughs> God, can, can you imagine if it ends next week and I never get to use that again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that would be something. <laughs> Better international cooperation than, well, anything, really. <laughs> uh, anyways... A couple more things have halted production, those being mm. Thunderbolts and Wonder Man. What's Wonder Man? Uh, Wonder Man is a Disney Plus series they were working on. It's Marvel. He is a Hollywood actor turned superhero who's also still a Hollywood actor. <laughs> <laughs> Given current circumstances, that's actually ironic in a very funny way. <laughs> yeah, I believe the series, which still hasn't been officially announced by Marvel, but all the trades are like, yeah, it's happening. It's it's in production. Or was, mm -hmm. rather. Apparently yeah. it's supposed to be a satire of the Hollywood system. I mm. think they had Yahya Abdul-Mateen signed on to be... He was signed on to play Wonder Man as far as I know? Okay. But yeah, that's on production. Or that's on hold now. That's kind of funny. Oh, also Although... Ben Kingsley was back. Oh, really? Yep, Trevor Slattery was going to be in it, which also makes sense, considering he's an actor in these movies. Okay. Who is literally an actor in these movies. <laughs> you can't outrun me, Bacon. <laughs> ah, disgusting actor. <laughs> also, interesting thing, Deadpool 3 has started production, but it comes with an interesting twist, which okay. is that because Ryan Reynolds is credited as a writer on the movie... He is not allowed to improvise on set. No. Well, now, hold on. No. <laughs> hold on. Important thing to keep in mind. Deadpool spends a lot of time wearing a mask, which means a lot of his lines are and can be ADR'd in after the fact. Okay, that's that's fair. I was going to say, like, because if he's not improvising, I feel like at that point you are just taking away from, more from Deadpool as a character. Yeah, I feel like if Ryan Re if that was going to pose a significant problem to actual shooting, I feel like they would have just paused production and just not bothered. Okay. Then again, it might have been they weren't able to because Hugh Jackman's involved, and God knows his schedule's probably quite busy. Oh yeah. That's yeah, true. But, ugh, okay. I've seen so many headlines going, Oh, the WGA won't let Ryan Reynolds improvise on set and so many of them have a negative spin on it like it's the writer's fault and it's just no 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 blame the goddamn top brass who won't pay people what they're worth fucking yeah. hell he's part of the as he should be if he's writing it he's part of the union and it's one of the stipulations and it's like if you want to get mad at anybody get mad at the people not paying the fucking writers <laughs> yeah or more accurately not paying them what they're due yeah, and then taking their stuff off of streaming services solely so they don't have to pay residuals on it. Or not giving them proper credits. Yeah, oh, that was a little tiny thing I should probably mention. When Max <laughs> first launched, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they bundled all the directors, writers, producers, and what have you into just calling them creators. Yeah, I saw that, and I was just like, woof. Thank you it's for like that reminder. You're welcome. No, I saw that. I didn't see it on the list, but I figured it's like, okay, we've got to talk about it, because that's one of those things where, given current events, it's like, y'all are stupid. I wasn't gonna <laughs> because they immediately walked it back. Yeah. After immense scrutiny. That's the thing that kills me about it, too, is that they did that. It's like, it's not one of the, it's, it'd be one thing if it's like they did that, and then the writer strike really kicked off, and it's like, okay, well, now this looks back. It's like, no, this has been going on for, what, like a month at this point? Yeah. 
yeah, it's like, this is not new, and they still did it anyway. It's like, did you think you were going to get away with that? You think you were being cute. <laughs> You're not. Mm, huh. I, I would I would say, like, oh, the balls on these people. It's, I think that's just more abject stupidity. <laughs> that's a certain value of balls. <laughs> I wouldn't call it brave because if you're too stupid to acknowledge the danger, you're not showing bravery, but... No, you're just being stupid. Yeah. I was going somewhere with this and I forget, so I'm going to move on. Okay. <laughs> Originally, and this was before official projections from box office data and tracking of what have you came in, The Flash mm-hmm. was predicted to be pulling in a $140 million opening weekend. Mm-hmm. The numbers are now in, and it's tracking for significantly less. How significantly less? 50%. Oh. 70 mil. Oh, that's a lot less. What's the movie's budget again? Has that been revealed? I want to say 250 mil that they'll admit to. Oh, boy. (laughs) 220. That's that's still not looking good, Chief. Yeah, 220 million that they'll admit to. Against this, uh, of course, projected being the key word. Oh, yeah, it could go higher. It could definitely go higher. Could go lower. It could also go lower. <laughs> could go either way. Who knows anymore? What if, while it's we completely understandable why, wouldn't that be some shit where it's like, it's Hollywood and DC who are like, our expectations were low, but holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't just make fun of them, though, because Elemental, mm. which is opening that same weekend, is also tracking with low projections of 40 million domestic. Mm. Which is a shame. Not because this movie looks particularly like it's worth doing more, but because, boy, dumping all those Pixar movies on Disney Plus during the pandemic really fucked up Pixar. Yeah, it did. Yes, and did indeed. Because now parents are just settled in and accustomed to, oh, we can just wait a while and it'll just be on Disney Plus. <sighs> Mommy, I want to go home to the movie theater to see Pixar. We have Pixar at home. Pixar at home. And don't get me wrong, it was a rock and a hard place scenario where... Given the fact that it took a while for theaters to really be safe and people to feel comfortable actually going. Yeah. It was a real rock and a hard place situation of do you just keep sitting on it not making any money or do you try to get something out of it at least? Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, I'm going to make fun of them. Y- yeah, no, it's still fair game. <laughs> because they are a big giant corporation and they can take one on the chin. Right. I should hope. I, I would hope as well. But God, the Flash, if the Flash opens to less than a hundred mil... Yeah, that's, well, I mean, I'd say if nothing else, if there's anyone there with any look of sense, I think that would solidify Ezra Miller, them not being back after that. (laughs) And hopefully don't hijack somebody's movie for a big stupid event. That too. Because, okay, you know the real inside baseball secret Mm -hmm. that nobody involved in these superhero movies wants you to know? Uh, what? General audiences don't really care about continuity bullshit. All you had to do was recast Superman and not say anything about it and everybody and just played out his origin story different and everybody would have clued in just fine. Making Flash into a Flashpoint movie was completely unnecessary. It's a fucking <laughs> dick-waving contest. It's just going, look at all these movies we made back when we were cool and you know what? You actually already did it. Bigger, maybe not better, but bigger on the CW of all places. Yeah, because I was because that was my thought when the whole like Flashpoint thing came out. Didn't they already do this on TV? And all wasn't also not particularly well received on TV. Well, <laughs> I'm I'm not speaking of Flashpoint. I'm speaking of Christ's on Infinite Earths. 
which was a big, giant, basically love letter to the years of DC television that preceded mm. it. Because pretty much everything got a cameo in that one. <laughs> Burt Ward showed up as Robin. Okay. It was a blink and you'll... It was, it was just a minor cameo, but the scope, the sheer amount of bullshittery that had to... They got Tom Ellis in as Lucifer for a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was mind-blowing. <laughs> Crazy. I think I remember seeing the clip of him as Lucifer on YouTube, and it's like, but this isn't Lucifer, though. I didn't, and I was like, kind of carousing through those comment sections, like, okay, apparently this is actually a, a big deal type of cameo. <laughs> yeah, no, because everybody was expecting he wasn't going to show up because the Lucifer show is so disconnected from the Vertigo comic that it... Mm -hmm basically might as well be an original show. Right. They even got the crappy Birds of Prey show involved. Mm. Seriously, this was huge. That was big. <laughs> Execution? It's still a CW show. But the scope <laughs> and ambition cannot be denied. Right. I will give the Arrowverse a lot of shit for a lot of things. But mm. I'll give them that. They gave us Crisis on Infinite Earths. Right, right. So the point is... These big, stupid continuity shuffling events aren't fucking necessary. No, if anything, it just takes your audience out, because even though I've complained in the past of needing to do extra homework to understand what's going on, if the main context is still the movies, I personally feel like there still needs to be a certain degree of, you can hint at a related continuity while also making it, not giving people the idea that they need to understand what's happened before to really get what's going on, hence the Superman example you gave earlier. Yeah. It's a thing of, I, I assume, because the general public doesn't really seem... Yeah, God, we should probably just go in a trailer time, I guess, because the Flash trailer was a thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm going to declare this trailer time. It's trailer, trailer time, time again. We've got movie previews to watch. It's trailer time again. Yes, and we're going to start with The Flash, which amongst the previous discussion as well, also has... One of the most problematic tense first ten seconds I've ever seen in any movie trailer. <laughs> okay, that's the craziest thing, because continuing on from the conversation we were just having about its pretty dismal-looking opening weekend according to projections, they could ramp up the marketing, they could still get butts in seats, but whoever's in charge of marketing and decided to open this trailer with a bunch of teenage girls freaking out over Ezra Miller considering the allegations, holy shit, they should be fired! actually probably shouldn't be working that job. <laughs> whoever that is... decided to put that in there is a fucking maniac. Or whoever forgot that that was in there. How is... could you forget? <laughs> I don't think you could forget. No sane person would forget. But I could see it being a thing, unfortunately, because this is just how my cynicism works, of someone like being like, oh, God, God is Ezra Miller. Wait, shit, that's right. We put together the final trailer months ago. No. That's the thing. <laughs> this had to be ready to go for a while, I assume. That is the only even remotely, I hate to say reasonable, but it's the only remotely tangible conclusion I can come to outside of just malicious short-sightedness. Like, <laughs> at, at, at no point did anybody stop. It's the start of the trailer, too. You <laughs> See, can't tell the... me they zoned out in the middle and didn't realize. Somebody had to start <laughs> that off, and nobody involved thought, oh, we should probably fix that and replace it with something else. Yeah? Yeah. yeah okay? Well, it might have also been one of those things, given the timeline of it all. That scene is probably in the, the movie, too. Cut it! Cut it! Cut it! Cut the scene! 
I mean, the scene should be cut, but they were probably like, it's too late for us to cut it. It's like, it's never too late with the power of editing, but we were also not paid millions of dollars to do that. Unless there is some crucial world-changing thing in that scene that is necessary, cut it. Such as Get as it as out. <laughs> huh. Anyways, uh, the, the, the broader point I was getting to when I was complaining about big, giant, stupid events is I feel like part of what's hurting this movie is... I feel like it's not a big secret that the DC film universe is going to undergo a huge shakeup because of this. Mm-hmm. But that also means that because we know that's going to happen, what's the point in watching this? Yeah, there's a lot less... I mean, if I'm completely honest, that is... Even though I, I don't see myself seeing this movie, that is the only like in- reason I am interested in it. It's like, not even anybody else, not even how Kara... And, like, Batman tie-in. It's just like, okay, this is supposed to be the reset button. How much? But... You could just find that out by watching what comes after. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, alright, so this movie is only really relevant in this one aspect. Everything that came before it basically doesn't matter anymore. So it's like, alright. Instead of, like, trying to rewatch those old movies, especially to understand what's going on, it'll just be like, fuck it. It's basically a reset button anyway. Just watch the new ones. Yeah, just watch Blue Beetle. Start there. Who cares? Is Blue Beetle going to be the first one post-reset? Yep. Okay, cool. I'm very excited. Okay. Uh, other than that, I do like the bit of Barry offering to save Bruce's parents with time travel, and I like the little smile Bruce has. I... F- <laughs> See, I had the opposite reaction, because when he said that, I was just like, bruh. <laughs> no, I mean, it's a valid like, point, and I like the fact that... Yeah, it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek, hey, there's something in it for you, but I also take it as a way of going, I acknowledge that I am not the only one who has gone through pain, and I'm willing to fix other people's problems, too. Yeah. But mostly, I like Ben Affleck's little smile there, because it's very, it's wistful. It's a sort of, I appreciate it, kid, but no. And it's the, God, it really is a shame, because Ben Affleck was not a bad Batman. Conceptually. Mm. Yeah. Execution-wise. <laughs> and by execution, I don't even mean his acting. I mean the direction they took this particular Batman. Yeah, just having him be old man Batman. All the cool stuff's happened already. What a stupid fucking idea. Mm. At the And I, I don't necessarily hate the idea of old man Batman. What I hate is that in letting Snyder do that, none of the chuckle fucks in charge at WB thought, Hey, this is actually really bad for franchise longevity. <laughs> How is casting a Batman in his 40s get us three movies? Plus yeah. <laughs> a shit ton of crossovers. Oh, it doesn't? Fuck, we probably should have thought of that before we sunk m- hundreds of millions of dollars into this vision! <laughs> oh, it doesn't? <gasps> There's a lot of bad ideas, but man, no no idea was worse than committing to it. Yeah, no. Fuck. <laughs> I like the beatdown Supergirl gives Zod. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. That was good. Mm-hmm. Just... It doesn't feel like a Flash movie. It's just a DC event movie with the Flash in it. Yeah, no, like, especially in the second half of the trailer, when it shows everyone getting together and having their own individual moments, it's like, yeah, this is no longer a Flash movie. You could have called it Justice League Flashpoint, and it would have been... It w- Yeah, that would have made more sense. Probably a little more honest, I think. Yeah. Anyways, do we agree to call the the episode that week we didn't see the Flash and other stuff? Probably. <laughs> cool. <laughs> 
Alright, sweet. Mm. Let's move on. Okay. We got the official main trailer for Barbie. I am so upset. Why? Because I have been sold on this movie completely, and now I have to figure out how to watch two movies on the same week. Oh, yeah, sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does, because it's like, this, before, I was like, I am interested in this movie, but it's one of those things where it's like, Oppenheimer is still the priority. I'm actually going to see it in trailers, but I might not see it the same weekend. This, this, <laughs> this trailer was just like, Christ, now I have to see this. <laughs> yeah, no. Welcome to my world. I had to do that this weekend. I'm probably doing it again next weekend. Mm-hmm. So you're welcome. Yes. No. This, this is looks... so good. This is really good. <laughs> this is so funny. It's so tongue-in-cheek. I love the, if you love Barbie, this movie is for you. If you hate Barbie, this movie is for you. Yeah. I mean, it was really funny and tongue-in-cheek, but part of that, I kind of don't like part of that in a sense because it's Part of me wishes they didn't reveal the whole bit of Margot Robbie just in the dance hall, just going, have you ever thought about dying? And just <laughs> making like... the, that, that smile is... Yeah, and the smile and everything, it's like, fuck, man, I wish I was in the theater for that, because the shock value of that in the middle of the theater would have been great. <laughs> I guess, since this is the main trailer, they wanted to establish what it's about, functionally, mm -hmm. but, yeah, I, they yeah. could have left that out and just had the whole something is wrong yeah and it's like you have to choose between you know the life that you have and everything like that and then finding out what and before she even says like, i want the one on the left that hey heel no you have to want the other one here you go choose again, <laughs> choose again. bar <laughs> the real world bit and Barbie punching the fuck out of that one guy was great. <laughs> that was, I was like, yo. <laughs> I'm that infuriated was that apparently that gets them arrested, but. <laughs> yeah, but it same. That's showbiz, baby, I suppose. But if I'm honest, that's the bit that, that's kind of the bit that sold me on the I have to see this. Because it's like, all right. I've always talked about how certain characters need, like, not even just, like, normal justice or, like, paying for their further consequences the right way. There have been some people, characters in some movies where what they have done is just so monumentally messed up. I'm just like, I think some street justice is needed. Just a well-deserved beatdown. Like the Invisible Man. Like the Invisible, especially the Invisible Man. That is the go-to example. Barbie punching the fuck out of that dude after the ass slap was perfect for me nice. and then her and then her immediately just going like oh my god it's just like no no don't be sorry that was no, great <laughs> that was amazing <laughs> kind of an asshole yeah oh god no it's it's yeah i like fully fully sold and now i have to figure out how to manage my time that weekend <laughs> everybody having a freak out about borby's feet not being arched anymore yeah, it's like flat feet. Just <laughs> I don't I don't know that actress's name, but honestly, Oscar worthy just on that <laughs> scene alone cuz not only just the way she says it, but the way her face is and all that, it's just like genuine man, she is like genuine horror. She's just like into it and it's perfect. <laughs> I also like that Ken is apparently going to be completely useless in this. It looks like. As is tradition? As is tradition, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> no, you cannot perform just one appendectomy. Mmm. But what if I talk to a doctor? You are talking to a doctor. Oh, pointy thing. Hi, doctor. Can someone get security? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm very excited. And now that Guardians mm. 3 has already come out, this is my most anticipated movie of the year, so. See, there you go. <laughs>
Tell you what, I'm definitely looking forward to it more than Ruby Gilman Teenage Kraken. I I went from being on the fence on this movie to no and also what the hell. <laughs> I'm slightly more interested than I was, and yet somehow I feel more convinced than ever that this is going to be very generic. Yeah, it, yeah. as I say, if anything, I had the opposite movement. I went moved more into the don't care about this. I'm very confused by Kraken rules, but... Same! The whole, like, body armor, okay. Laser eyes. Still, why the laser eyes? And they oh, showed the laser eyes, too. Again. Yeah. <laughs> you know where that's going. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> also, bold of them to drop this trailer the same week that Little Mermaid comes out and have... Oh, that's go, funny. People love mermaids. Of course they do. People are stupid. Oh, that's very funny. That's a flex. <laughs> I saw this trailer in front of The Little Mermaid. Oh, really? Yeah, and all I could do was just sit there smirking like... <laughs> okay. So, this is a, this one is, remind me, DreamWorks, right? Yeah. So they had, I, they had to have paid for that spot. They had to have, like, just been like, we need to put this in front of The Little Mermaid. Yeah, which, <laughs> go you, I guess. Yeah, it's just go you for that f- unnecessary flex. <laughs> I like that one guy, though, at the end. He seems pretty smooth. He seems smooth. It's like, I, he is smooth in reacting to the cringe. Yeah. <laughs> Algebra. Algebra. It's just like... Leading into algebra. Yeah, it's just like, like a brother. And it's like, I want to be mad at that. But I can see a couple awkward teenagers having that exact conversation. That's, that's a pretty... <laughs> not a good save, but that's a pretty mm. realistic attempt at a save. Yeah, same. Yeah, that's that was kind of like, you know what? It's cringe as fuck, but it's also kind of realistic, so I'll let it pass. Do you think there's a twist coming? <laughs> what what kind of twist would there be? I don't know, but they already gave away giant mermaid versus giant kraken fight. Mm. There's gotta be something, right? There's something they're not telling us. It can't just be that. I mean... I mean, it can! I will say, I was... What I thought was going to be the general construction of the movie based on the first trailer is that Mermaid Girl, whose name I can't be bothered to fucking remember, and Rudy, or Ruby, it might have been Chloe, Mermaid Lady, Dave, we're going to call her Dave. (laughs) Dave the Mermaid. (laughs) Dave the Mermaid. I thought it was going to be a thing where they're just kind of festering in their own respective ways, or like they're separate, but then when... Dave decides to go crazy, <laughs> then it's like, Ruby's just like, alright, now I'm gonna get in, and like, fight her and all that. The bit of them in the bathroom, and Ruby being like, I just wanna have a normal life, and and the other one just being like, Dave. well, what's the- f-? Dave being like, well, what's the fun in that? And it's like, man, that was kind of like, I mean, I knew it wasn't gonna happen, it was like, that was kind of the one interesting thought I had about this movie, and now it's gone. <laughs> Chelsea. It's Chelsea. Oh, it's Chelsea. Okay, But cool. we're still going to call her Dave. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I went from being confused to confused and kind of not caring anymore. Fair. And then last week, on last Monday, and I didn't have time to add it to the list, we got a trailer for The Color Purple. I've never seen the original. Me neither. This looks very sad. <laughs> yeah. And I'll be honest, I already knew it was a musical. I read about it. And yet, oh, okay. I, I forgot up until the middle, and then I went, oh, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I was almost bamboozled. So for me, I've always been aware of The Color Purple, but I admittedly wasn't very aware that it was a musical. Well, yeah, Greg, it's it's very visible on the color spectrum. What? Oh, f- fuck off. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
well done. Thank you. But when that started, it was just like, oh, oh, wait, that's right. It is a musical, isn't it? Like, I kind of, like, remembered seeing that in passing. It's like, oh, okay, neat. Yeah, I it don't looks think the good. original was. Oh, okay. I don't think the original was one. I think now oh. it's just, it, they're, they're making it one. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, they did intro with, like, a new take on this classic movie. It's like, okay, well, that's definitely new then. Oh, Spielberg did the original. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, for me, it was a thing of when they were announcing the producers of it, where it's like, Oprah Winfrey is like, mm, Steven Spielberg, okay. Uh- <laughs> yeah, still producing on it. Okay. Still producing. Yeah, so it's like, alright, then it's like, we've got, and I, I know I'm blinking on the third producer they show, but it was one of those things where it's like, okay, we got two out of three, I, I can take that. <laughs> Quincy Jones? Quincy Jones, thank you. It looks good. Yeah. I just, since I have no frame of reference to the original, or I don't know if the original is even based on anything in particular, if it's a completely original It's uh, based movie. on a novel. Okay, since I have no frame of reference for either the original or the novel, you know, I can't comment too much on it, but I am interested in it. Oh, it comes out on Christmas. Oh, that, like actually Christmas Day. Actually Christmas. I still don't understand that. Is Christmas a Friday? That's a good question. Hey, you never know, man. I've been to, I've been to the movie theaters once on Christmas. I... That's... I probably wouldn't do it again, because now I... Oh, it's a Monday. Oh, is it? Huh. Okay. Oh, okay, I guess that does make a little bit more sense time-wise in that aspect. I don't know, the whole thing of... For me, the the idea of just... It's not offensive, but for me, it's like going to Christmas. Going to the movies on Christmas. <laughs> you know, I probably wouldn't do it again, just because I now wholeheartedly determined that if everybody's decided that we get the day off, then everybody should have the day off. I understand that there's got to be some exceptions, but yeah. retail and entertainment should not be that, which is why I also won't get fast food on Christmas anymore. That's fair. Even if I have no other plans, it's like, I'll just heat something up. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I'm not going to contribute to people having to do this shit on, on this Christmas. day. Yeah. And if if you still want to, that's fine, cool. Mm. But... I don't want to encourage companies to feel like they need to keep it open. Right, right. Just just take the paid day off, whatever. <laughs> just pay people to not be there. Exactly. Fuck. <laughs> Let's get into box office. Oh boy. Yeah. Did we see the highest grossing movie domestically this weekend? I did. Really? It's The Little Mermaid. Okay, okay you know what? Thinking about, oh no, I kind of figured Fast X would still hold on. Oh no. <laughs> no, Fast X had a drop. Oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, so The Little Mermaid, 95.4 million. Okay, bear in mind it was a four-day weekend technically, but when I say weekend here, I'm talking the three-day. Okay. As far as I know. Hmm. It is at 95.4 million domestic for the weekend, currently sitting at $117.5 million domestic total, and $185.8 million worldwide. That worldwide release is a little underwhelming, admittedly. Okay. It seems like it's not really resonating as much in other places. Maybe the original movie wasn't as popular, who knows. Mm. And it's got a $200 million budget, so it's still got a ways to go. Right. Second place was Fast X. Mm. Roughly a, I think, 67% drop. Oh. $23 million domestically this weekend. It's sitting at $113.5 million domestic. And $512.8 million worldwide. So it's doing pretty good, but that $340 million budget. (laughs) God, how much of that do you think went to The Rock? Oh, I'm thinking more of it went to the bad CGI. And Vin Diesel. And Vin Diesel. (laughs) Jesus. Third place, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Mm. And not a very 
big gap. It's at $20.3 million domestically this weekend, sitting at $305.5 million domestic total and $724.2 million worldwide. Okay. Fourth place, my god, it's still fucking here, the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> it's the new Top Gun, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you're right. Yeah, and then I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to have a week where it drops off of the top five and then comes back a week or two later. <laughs> Let's go. It's a me, Maverick. <laughs> I'm Goosey, I'm Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the plane, Mario. It's the pilot. <laughs> uh, I don't know why, why did I did you Mickey do Mouse Mickey Mouse? <laughs> I don't know why I did Mickey Mouse there. <laughs> well, they need a copyright struck. They need all the money they can get right now. <laughs> Anyways, took it $6.3 million domestically this weekend for a $560.9 million domestic total. It's sitting at $1.27 billion worldwide. Do you think it'll be, be, uh, break one point three at this rate? Uh, maybe. Hmm. Hard to tell. Fifth place, the movie we both saw, The Machine. Okay. And this is where the numbers get weird, because I see some sources saying it's at a $9 million domestic total. That, I can't figure out any source for that. As far as I can uh. tell reliably, it seems to have taken in $5 million domestically this weekend and is at $5.8 million domestic total. No worldwide uh, release information yet. I take it no note on its budget or anything. 20 mil. That seems high for what this movie is. <laughs> yeah, but you gotta remember you're paying Mark Hamill and you're paying... That's true, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, should we start with The Machine or should we start with The Little Mermaid? I think, hmm... I don't know, because it's like, I'm very interested in what you have to say about The Little Mermaid. I have a literal whole page of notes, and it starts okay. getting really small print at the end. Okay, then I think we should start with The Machine, because I feel like that's a lot smaller. Yeah, alright. <laughs> so, this is basically a fictitious follow-up to Burt Kreischer's stand-up routine about taking a class trip to Russia, falling in with some Russian mafia declaring himself the machine, and robbing all of his classmates. Hmm. Because in the movie, he's working through some shit, he's going to therapy, his family kind of hates him. Right. And he doesn't get along with his dad. Or his daughter. Or his daughter. Well, his family hates him. Yeah, fair. Yeah, his- Then again, every... dad's also family, so you know what? Uh, fuck <laughs> me. I asked for it. <laughs> right. But then a gangster lady from Russia shows up and kidnaps him and his dad- and forces him to try to track down something they stole from her dad, mm -hmm. or she's gonna kill his daughter. Right, right, yeah. Mayhem ensues. Mayhem, violence, jokes, a lot of Easter eggs, I suppose, if you're familiar with Burt Kreishner. Really? Because I'm not. No, I mean, I'm not either. Then how but would that you was go? The thing. Because... <laughs> It was it, it was something I kind of looked up after the fact. Ah, I see. Yeah, apparently, like, I don't know, like... There were just some funny jokes, but I guess there's a health, a very healthy number of Easter eggs in this movie. Oh, all right. So I, I like this. I like this too. I did have a good time with it. It's, it feels like a weird mix of a vanity project and a therapy project. Mm. I also looked it up. As far as I can tell, Burt Kreischer is not going through the same family conflicts yeah. as his film self. <laughs> At the very least, it was not front and center on his Wikipedia page, which is the extent of my research. Right. But this feels like an attempt at assuming that there what that that story was on the whole true. This feels mm. like an attempt to process some guilt and/or absolve himself of feeling that guilt. But as perceived therapy projects go, we could have gotten worse. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. 
It's also a weird kind of equal part self-filating and self-deprecating. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah. you're a fucking dumb, drunk partier, but that's why you're awesome. Yeah, like, it did that kind of thing a lot. Where And to be honest, I kind of appreciated that because I feel like it would have been really easy for this movie to... Because the overall arching point of the movie is how fictional Burt Kreischer, or at least in the movie or whatever have you. Kreischer. Kreischer, thank you. How... It could have been very easy for it to be a thing of like, I don't understand why people hate me. And then it just goes all the way like that until the end. But it's a thing of underlying everything. He very clearly understands why he has all these issues. He just has a really hard time figuring out the solution to it all. He's in a very, I know this isn't the only example, but this is the first best one that comes to my mind. He's in a very Bojack Horseman state of... <laughs> Ah, look at me. Yes, I'm getting therapy for my help. I'm getting help for my issues and going to therapy and all that. Aren't aren't I magnanimous? Yeah. At least at the start. Yeah, at the at the start it was like that for sure. And of course Mark Hamill plays his dad. <laughs> and he's great. <laughs> yeah. If if not moderately infuriating at some point. Oh which definitely. I think was also, which, to be fair, is kind of the point of his dad to begin with. Yeah. It's one of those trauma breeds trauma kind of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Irene is cool. Irene is cool. Irene is great. I don't know. I feel like there's not a lot of movies, and I don't even know if I want to call it a good job of it, but I feel like there's not a lot of movies where they introduce a clearly bad person who has very bad intentions, but makes it successful for me to want to root for them by the very end. (laughs) Right? Because at the end, she hasn't become a better person. No, she is still the same horrible person, but... Throughout the movie, it's kind of like, I don't want to give you props, but I want you to do better. (laughs) I want you to be in a better place. (laughs) For some reason. Yeah. I don't know why, because you're still objectively a terrible human being. Right. But I guess that's the thing. No one is ever truly just one thing. Yeah, yeah. Except for some people. Some people are just one thing, and that thing is awful. I'm not naming names, (laughs) but you know. You know who you are. <laughs> no, they don't. Mm. But other people know exactly who I'm talking about. Y'all got that one person. <laughs> exactly. Because part of the whole thing that makes them awful is the lack of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. If they were capable of perceiving th- how awful they are, they wouldn't be as awful. See, what's unfortunate is that I'm trying to figure out if you're talking about a very specific person, but as I'm racking my brain, it's like I'm not talking so about many... anybody I know personally. Yeah, but I'm also thinking it's like there's so many people... Not personally, but just that I know personally, but just in a massive general sense that that describes to a fucking T. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're not getting into that. Mm. But y'all know. Mm-hmm. Everyone, everyone knows at least one. Everybody gets one. Yeah. No, this is a decently funny movie. I'm I'm very sad because I did not have my notebook with me to watch it, so I didn't write anything down. So despite knowing there were some really good lines in it, I've forgotten mm. pretty much all of them. Yeah, I mean, so the lines I remember, a we bunch sh- of them we are probably from the tra- save for spoilers, I guess. Yeah, uh, I mean, some of them were from the trailer, but my favorite line is a heavy spoiler. Mm. <laughs> uh, what else? What else? It's ridiculous, mm-hmm. and sometimes it stretches the line of going into a straight-up parody. Right. But it doesn't quite jump over it. Mm-hmm. Because I think because they keep that self-deprecating angle to him, right? So that's interesting. And I'll admit, obviously, I, I've never done anything as bad as rob a bunch of people. Y- yeah, I hope. <laughs> but 
as somebody constantly haunted by the cringe actions of his own past, <laughs> where I probably spend more time thinking about it than anybody else impacted by it, I hope. Mm-hmm. I can relate to this a lot. Yeah, the talk of, like, you know, reminiscing on past mistakes and all that, and while also balancing that with what you're doing now, is some... It's some real shit. <laughs> it's some very real shit in this movie. I feel like we're veering into spoilers anyway, so we should probably, like, just get into it. Okay. Uh, short answer of, should you go see it? Yeah, it's worth it, I think. Yeah. It's a good time. You'll have... I hesitate to call the movie good, but it's a good time. Burt Kreischer's funny. Mark Hamill's funny. Mark Hamill's really funny. I have a bad Every- is funny. She's here enough. Yeah. Yeah. Like, most, most everyone in this is actually pretty great. Yeah. No, this is a good time. Hmm. Just nothing necessarily remarkable. Right, right. And if you don't want to get into big spoilers for the machine, make sure to click away in three, two, one. So, yeah, I, I, I really wasn't expecting it to go into how bad he actually felt about the events because he realizes that he did genuine harm mm-hmm. in taking everybody's stuff, and especially what he did to Ashley, the girl who he was hanging out with all the time. Yeah. That was, that hit hard. Actually, it did hit hard and it felt very real because of that, too. That was the bit about how I was talking about how it's interesting how the movie kind of does a really good job of balancing the self deprecating and, you know, self filating of the movie. I'm proud of that line. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I have told people not to metaphorically do that, so I also appreciate that line. Well, if you've ever had to tell anybody not to physically do it, that's. <laughs> Yeah, it's like impressive, nah, man, but also, why are they doing that in front of anybody else? Yeah, it's like no, that's called indecent exposure. Because Burt Kreischer, the character, spends a lot of time, like you know, building himself out and showing, like, he's like, you know, look how great I am. Like you said about the whole BoJack Horseman example, it's like, look how great I am. I am going to therapy for my issues. Like he literally brings his family to his therapy session so they can see how good he's doing because he's going to therapy while also introducing the whole aspect too of him being genuinely guilty about causing all of his classmates pain and all that and having it not be so ridiculous that it causes suspension of disbelief. And they also do a good job tying it into the thing that prompted him to start doing therapy in the first place, which is not getting his daughter in trouble on accident, but live-streaming it because he was so drunk that it didn't occur to him, this is a bad idea. Yeah. Which, I kind of wish they hadn't given that away at the opening. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like it would have hit harder if they just saved it. If they just said, hey, like, they could have headlines about, you know, stuff. Because they gave away that he live-streamed it in one of the headlines. I mean, so... I think it still kind of worked, because in the headlines and everything that happened early in the movie, it just shows, said, like, daughter is getting arrested, Burt Kreishner live streams daughter's arrest. So even though it's very clearly a shitty thing on Burt Kreishner's part, for me at least, it's like, okay, so what did the daughter do? Right. Like, why is the daughter so fucked up? When it's revealed later that the reason why that happened was because he was drunk off his ass, and in, in his drunkenness decided to very stupidly live stream his daughter literally having like one of the worst moments of her of her life that for me it's like it really drives home how much i i don't want to give sympathy for that because that's objectively a really bad decision but it also drives home how guilty he also feels for doing that to begin with you know what i guess you're right it does work as a one-two punch because even you don't get the context of it was his fault that happened in the first place Mm -hmm. so yeah that's fair yeah 
Family Matters. I was not expecting references to Family Matters, and I have a few. I don't know if how if you've seen it at all, but I got the feeling I was the only person, uh, like outside of the mentioning of Steve Urkel, I felt like I was the only person in the theater because I don't think I don't think there were many like older people in the theater for the most part who was like understanding what she was getting at with those references. <laughs> no, I got it. I watched I watched Family Matters almost religiously because it was on either really late at night or really early in the morning before I had to go to high school and high school. I remember seeing it on Nick at Night in, like, middle school and high school. Okay. Uh, yeah, and, and yes, I was that kid who watched a lot of Nick at Night. <laughs> I, I loved Nick at Night. Yeah, no, I remember the Stefan Urkel, I don't remember what it was called, the Cool Juice? It was, yeah, something like that. I know he had Bruce Juice at one point. Mm-hmm. That made him good at martial arts. You know what's funny is that for the longest time I was all, always interested in Steve Urkel as a character. Major tangent, by the way, <laughs> um, because of like his car being the BMW bubble car, and then I learned more about that car, and I'm just like, why the fuck would they give that to this man? That is such an expensive car to maintain. <laughs> okay, it was cool juice. Cool juice. No, I enjoyed that a lot, especially like when they're going like, yeah, in Family Matters is such a good show. I'm just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of went around the bend in later seasons, but yeah, no, it 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 went a little haywire later on. <laughs> no, it's so crazy how the thing I remember most is the Family Matters reference, and especially when the kid knocks up the girl and goes, "Did I do that?" And then Irina just goes, "He's seen it." <laughs> He's seen, and I'm like, that was like, I love that. That's really cute. But how the fuck have you seen Family Matters in? Rule as fuck Russia. <laughs> I mean, Wanda was a big sitcom fan in WandaVision. Oh, that's true. Bootleg entertainment exists. Illegally shipped media exists. That's fair. I mean, oh god, that makes me want to give away my favorite line in the movie, but that's also, like, the very end of the movie, too. I mean, might as well. <laughs> it's a comedy movie, so, like, we've already covered yeah. all the big stuff, I think. Yeah, so... The overarching um, plot thread of the movie is that the reason why Alana is going after Bert Kreishner is because amongst the things that he stole 20 years ago on that trip to Russia was her father's pocket watch. And the whole movie is about her finding the pocket watch, largely because she believes that if she finds the pocket watch and gives it back to, to um, her dad, um, it'll prove that she is capable of taking over the family business from, from him because... Her dad and the rest of the family doesn't believe she's capable because she's a woman. Well, at the very end of the movie, through many bullshit shenanigans, she does end up giving the pocket watch back to her dad. But her dad still scoffs at her and says, it's like, you gave me my watch, but you didn't have, like, the will to, like, kill your brother or anything like that. Oh, also because she gets chased by two of her brothers throughout the movie. One of whom accidentally gets killed by Bert. Accidentally gets killed by Bert. And, and it's like actually a really good triple kill too. I like that he's horrified by it. She's just like, eh? Yeah, it's like shit happens. Thank you for making it fast and painless. Yes, but he's like, you don't even have the will to kill. And then that just finally sends her. And then she just has enough, and I forget exactly what she says beforehand, but she ends up shooting her father dead. To, and that's what proves the point of being, like, cold, so cold-blooded to do it. But right after that, and I refuse to believe that this is part of the, the script, I 100% believe that this was impro- improv. Oh, she just yeah, turns yeah. back to Burt Kreischer and goes, Did I do that? <laughs> Which is the biggest grin on the face of just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotcha. And then she just yeah, it's like, walk. 
Yeah, it's like the line and the way she says it and the way her face is is the all the things where he goes like, no, no, I refuse to believe that's part of the script. That is so, like, just incredibly off-kilter for the rest of her character. Like, even in the moments when her character is actually kind of human and, like, slightly adorable, that is just so completely off-kilter from who, what her character is. I'm like, that has to be improv. There's no way that was actually written in. <laughs> okay, you know what? One thing I do like... I don't, that I just want to bring up before I forget about it. Mm-hmm. I like when they bring back Igor, the actual Igor, the guy who yeah. Bert started hanging out with in college in Russia, the guy who got him in with the Russian mafia in the first place. Yeah. I like that the things he did and said managed to help Igor turn his life around for the better. So it goes to show, yeah, even at your worst points, it doesn't mean everything you do is bad. Yeah, it means, you know, it shows, like, even with all the the bad decisions you make, you're not necessarily a bad person. You just make a lot of bad choices. And even then, you could still, ha- like, they could still yield some good out of it. Yeah, exactly. If nothing else, you can always serve as a bad example, in essence. <laughs> yeah, especially when it's like, because I think, like, isn't, if I remember right, the movie kind of paints that as Igor first turning around his life because the reason why he sets up Burt Kreishner, or, like, younger Burt Kreishner, with those particular mobsters is so that they would be so distracted that his classmates wouldn't be in danger on the on the, on the the train. Yeah, so it's a case of, yeah, they got robbed, but everybody was safe. Yeah, everyone lived to, to see the next day. Which doesn't absolve him of it but it does help a lot in terms of yeah. oh this could have been way worse yeah it's like it's it's better than the alternative yeah so that was nice i like that mm-hmm. on the whole this was this was a decently solid movie that was it was a decently fun movie and it's a very funny movie again from what i've gathered there's a lot of very small but numerous easter eggs to burke kreischer's stand up and i guess because I, I guess he does a podcast with one of his buddies ah and apparently, a lot of the fat, uh, the running joke of Burt Kreischer having tits Kreischer. is something. Kreischer, sorry, I'm just gonna keep on getting that wrong. No, that's fair. It's just it was driving me a little nuts. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't be, I get people's names wrong all the time. I just happen to know <laughs> this particular one was incorrect. Yeah, because there's no um, N in it. The whole thing of people just looking at him and going like, "This isn't the machine. He has boobs." Apparently, that is actually a reference to their podcast. From all what right, I understand so. I, I do like the bit of he's this larger-than-life figure and nobody recognizes him because his legend has eclipsed him. Yeah. <laughs> Got anything else? Couple minor aims, these, like, minor things. The Stormtrooper aim in this movie was actually insane. Ooh, yeah. But I also really liked, even though it was shown in the first trailer, I did really like the shot of him, while in a drunken stupor in the final fight scene of the movie having a cigar in his in his mouth and having the muzzle flash of an AK-47 light the cigar. It's like, that's stupid, but it's really cool. Okay, that was another one. The fact that he manages to beat up all those goons, even accounting for being drunk, is pretty nuts. Yeah. And the fact that Irina's more dangerous brother, Alexei, doesn't immediately hand him his ass. Oh, uh, yeah, He starts getting the upper hand, but the fact that it was it looked even remotely close for a little bit... Was dumb. A little ridiculous. Yeah, a little silly. Also, of course, kind of a minor thing with everything that goes in, relatively, but Mark Hamill was great overall. His lines are great. Again, even though they were shown in the trailer, seeing it in the movie, it was still funny when he went, Oh, yay! More more drugs! Also, there is a kind of a mid-credits scene of an advertisement for his dad's 
carpet stores in Florida. It's like in three convenient locations in Southwest Florida. And it's like St. Petersburg, Clearwater, Tampa. And it's oh, like, that's not that that's geographically incorrect. Yeah, it's like, that's geographically incorrect, and it's like, that's also not convenient. Those are basically three cities in basically the same place. <laughs> I'd say St. Pete and Clearwater are pretty convenient next to each other. It's the Tampa bit that fucks it. Yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, no, I, I like this. I wouldn't go see it again in theaters, but I'd probably, I'd put it on the movie night list at some point. I would uh, subject our friend group to it. Yeah, and not even in an ironic, let's watch this and you can all hate it sense, but in the, I think you guys <laughs> might genuinely get some laughs out of this. Yeah. We're good for the machine? I think we're good for the machine. All right, in that case, let's get to the movie I saw, just so I could hopefully use its name to drive up the YouTube algorithm. <laughs> this weekend I saw the 2023 live-action remake of The Little Mermaid, and I'm here to tell you, I actually quite liked it. Really? It's so crazy. I <laughs> Okay, so That's... I haven't seen every single one of these live-action remakes, and God willing, I might never see all of these live-action remakes, but this mm. is in the top three of the ones that I've seen. Probably in the top two. Honestly, I think I liked it a little better than Aladdin. Oh. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, Grant, I, I never saw the movie. I didn't see The Little Mermaid, but I like Aladdin a lot. Well, yeah, but... <laughs> The live-action remake is good, but it's good in air quotes. <laughs> in that it's not this one, terrible. This one is actually good. I dare say, and bear in mind, I'm not the biggest Little Mermaid fan, but I did watch the movie a lot as a kid, the original. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. I like this about as much. Wow. Yeah, because <laughs> there's some new stuff in it that's alright. There's some stupid shit in it, but they took some stupid <laughs> shit out. Okay. So it all kind of, it, it, it weirdly balances. It's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> and also, okay, the CGI is not great, but I actually am not sure it's the CGI. I think it's more of a lighting problem. Mm -hmm. Like when it's, and this is one of those things that drives me crazy. A lot of CGI heavy things are shot dark and in the rain so they can obscure the CGI not looking that great. But mm. I feel like in this case, it's more the lighting when it's sunny and bright makes it look unnatural. Okay. So I'm not sure if it's, it exposes the flaws in the CGI, or the lighting's just not right, and that makes it look off. Hmm. Okay. But, think of the CGI. Mad props to Halle Bailey, Ariel's actress, because she spends a good chunk of this movie acting across from what I can only assume is basically nothing. <laughs> I saw a bit where they showed the behind-the-scenes of Under the Sea, and it's just... Mm. It's just one giant soundstage with green and every- it's a, it's a green screen in the back, everything else is blue, she's supposed to be riding on sea turtles, but it's just guys in blue suits. <laughs> so, assuming all the underwater scenes are like that, and the whole time that she's doing all the acting underwater is Ariel, she's not really interacting with anybody who, do, who isn't, you know, Ursula, or her dad, or her sisters. Mm -hmm. The fact that she still sells the performance- is fucking crazy. Okay. That would drive me mad. <laughs> Apparently, having to do that on The Hobbit, not actually acting alongside anybody, actually drove Ian McKellen a little nuts. Yeah, because it's like, you're basically just talking in a room to nobody. Yeah! You have to, but you have to keep talking as if you're talking to somebody. So that was yeah. That was good. Honestly, I don't even really know if it's worth it to have a spoiler versus non-spoiler section, because not enough changes from this movie that it really feels like it's... Distinct. Mm. That, I'm just gonna say, you, you know what? I'll, let me let me try this. 
No, that's not going to work. So, uh, from this point <laughs> out, if you haven't seen either of the Little Mermaids, be prepared for spoilers. Long and short of it is, I think it's worth seeing, especially if you haven't seen the original, because in some ways it's actually kind of a drastic improvement, and in some ways it's it's a it's a shipwreck at the bottom of the sea, but hey, you know okay. what? That'll... Bottom of the sea. <laughs> so, all in all, pretty dang good. One of the better live-action remakes that I've seen. I think it's worth checking out at least one time. Okay. Music's fun. I like that. So, if you don't want to be spoiled any more than that, click away in the three, two, one, whatever. So, <laughs> God, I have a little page of notes. And some of these are questions that I have to rewatch the original Little Mermaid and see if uh, see if they were things that came up there. Right. Uh, for example, do telescopes work underwater? I mean... I want to see if there's light hitting it, then yes. Huh, interesting. I'm not a hundred... Well, no, I mean, yeah, light, but I think if water gets into the telescope, then I'll also fuck it up. I don't know. I want to say yes, provided it's only light that's getting through, and none of the water is actually, like, messing with the telescope itself. Okay. But I could I could also very easily be wrong. If you have experience with telescopes, let us know in the comments. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> How do they work underwater? Do they work underwater? <laughs> do they work underwater? There are some things in this that they kept that I'm not a huge fan of. Oh, boy. They still sell the Ariel and Eric romance as 100% just meant to be from Go, mm. which I'm not a huge fan of. Okay. However, they actually give them shared interests that go a long way towards establishing chemistry. Because mm. Eric in this is also an explorer at heart. He wants to go out and learn about different cultures and find ways of adapting to help his kingdom out. Okay, yeah, because as I say, if I remember in the original movie, which I haven't watched that movie since I was, like, very young, but I want to say it was a thing of like, whoa, what's going on with Ariel? Oh, she wants to explore and she wants to learn about the world. What's going on with Eric? He's he's really hot. He's looking for he's looking for a girl, I guess. Yeah, and then it's like, well, that works. <laughs> Okay, bizarre addition that doesn't really seem to do much. Okay. Ursula is established in this to be Ariel's aunt. Huh. Yeah, because before there was, like, no real connection whatsoever, right? No, there was a thing of she used to live in the palace, but we don't know if that meant she was related to them or if she was, like, an advisor or something. Mm-hmm. And it really doesn't... There's no point to it, it feels like, because she uses that, I guess, as a point of connection with Ariel of... Yeah, he didn't let me be myself either, so we're very much alike. But you didn't have to be related for that to work. You could have just said, yeah, I used to work for your dad. He didn't appreciate my ideas, my different perspectives. As I say, do you think it could be a thing of... Because I imagine Ariel goes through the same, or at least a very similar decision-making process in this movie compared to the original. Do you think it might have been in one of those things where they made her Ariel's aunt to better sell why Ariel would make the decision she did, because it's like, it's coming from someone that ideally she should trust. Nah, I feel like you got it with the Triton bit, because the whole thing is Triton keeps talking, apparently Triton kept talking her up as the sea witch and evil and terrible, which, that's the kind of thing where if you're gonna add the extra connection of their brother and sister, you really need to explore that a little bit more. All Mm. their interactions are basically identical to the original movie, so there's not much interplay between them, so you don't get any sense of that they used to be close, or that this means anything. So it's a case of you really didn't need to do that, and it's kind of distracting. Right. That's fair. What else? What else? I have some questions about how sentience works underwater. Hmm. Because most of the fish appear to be sentient. Okay. But not anthropomorphized. Okay. Including the barnacles. (laughs) 
Okay. Because they dance during Under the Sea. Oh, okay. But this begs the question, there's a shark attack, and the shark shows no signs of sentience. (laughs) And Ursula's eels don't talk in this one, so presumably they're also not sentient. So I'm very curious where the line is drawn here. Yes. (laughs) That's interesting. The original original songs in this, kind of decent. There are three, I think? Okay. Eric gets one about looking for his dream girl in uncharted waters because he actually gets a mom who doesn't want him to go out and risk his life sailing anymore because, I don't know, the sea gods are angry at her kingdom, so it doesn't matter anyway, so she's kind of taking a defeatist attitude to the whole thing. So he Mm. gets a frustrated I want song, which is pretty decent. Ariel gets a song that she doesn't sing, she sings it in her head. Hmm. Because she lo- it's after she lost her voice and she's on the surface and she's being wowed by everything and then slowly realizing, oh shit, wait a minute. <sighs> this might not have been the best idea. Yeah. And then Scuttlebutt gets her own song. No, Scuttle gets her own song called Scuttlebutt. Okay, I was gonna say, it's like, I don't remember there being someone named Scuttlebutt. No, they're, they're, the seagull was named Scuttle and now she's a different bird and also voiced by Aquafina instead of whoever voiced him in the original. Okay, man, Aquafina's showing up in a lot of shit. Yeah, and this, that one wasn't <laughs> as good because it's a weird kind of out-of-place pseudo-rap number. Okay. David digs as Sebastian gets in on it a little bit. It's just, it's not great. <laughs> but the main complaint I have is quite a couple of the songs that they kept from the original don't fit as well in this one. Okay. And by that I mean... Under the Sea just kind of very abruptly happens, which maybe it did in the original, I don't remember. But Mm. the whole bits of the newt plays the flute, the cart plays the harp, all that. Mm -hmm. You know how in the original (laughs) it actually showed the accompanying sea creatures with these instruments? Yeah. That doesn't happen in this one. A lot of the Mm. lyrics don't match what's going on, which isn't necessary... But it does feel like, okay, you did that just to be different. Hmm. I feel like that's kind of a thing to play devil's advocate a little bit. Probably have people going, wait, how did they get those? Especially if it's supposed to be live action, photorealistic CGI. I guess. They could be, you could make creative looking underwater versions of those, though. True, true. Poor Unfortunate Souls, this is a minor one. But when Ariel first meets Ursula and mentions that Triton calls her the Sea Witch, Ursula takes exception to it. (laughs) <laughs> and yet, they keep the line right at the start of the song of they weren't kidding when they called me, well, a witch. Mm. So it's just a case of, like, there's little dialogue alterations and whatnot, or dialogue that's kept in here and there that doesn't really fit anymore with what they're doing. Yeah. And it's, it's like, even okay. weirder because they did make a little change to kiss the girl. Oh, did they? Yeah, but I can't really complain about it because it makes the song a little less creepy. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> they took out, as far as I can tell, they took out the part where it's, there's one way to ask her, it doesn't take a word, not a single word, go on and kiss the girl. Okay. <laughs> and they cut that bit out, I think, which, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, that's fair. Cause don't that's, just go for it. Yeah, don't just go for it. <laughs> it's still kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah. Grimsby's a real G in this. Mm-hmm. He's uh, Eric's attendant, I guess. I don't know what his deal is. But he's the guy, he's the simultaneously stern, vaguely parental figure who's going, tut, tut, this is not proper, but also have fun, you nutty kids. Hmm. Okay. Uh, they do a good job actually showing Eric blending in with his kingdom and actually establishing, yeah, he's a good guy. So that's nice. Right. That sounds nice. <laughs> okay, you know what? There is one change in this that is fucking stupid, 
and it it took me out for a little bit, but a lot of stupid shit happened in the original Little Mermaid, so it doesn't kill the movie for me, but boy howdy. So, <laughs> Ursula does the spell that turns Ariel, Ariel into a human. Right. And in this case, she's not charging her, her voice because it's a fee. Apparently she's doing it because her siren song is one of her mermaid gifts, and it wouldn't be fair for her to have it. They keep making uh... a big deal out of the siren song. That's not the problem I have. Okay. It's just, it's a weird one, kind of, because okay, does so her whole voice, but she can still talk, <laughs> but she can still talk when Triton turns her into a human for real. So, okay, Ursula's mm. probably just full of shit and can't be trusted. Whatever, cool, fine, fine. Yeah, the part that gets me is Ursula throws another layer onto the spell, which is that no matter how hard Ariel tries while she's a human, she can't remember that she needs Eric to kiss her in order for the spell to stick. What? What? <laughs> it's so weird and baffling. It It's one of those things that feels like a studio note where some producer had a bug up his ass going, that didn't make any sense in the original. If she needs the kiss so bad to stay human, why does he just constantly try to smooch this guy? Well, because it has to be true love's kiss, and you can't just force that at any given moment. So it makes sense that... Yeah, she's a little out of it. She's enamored with human culture. She's in the world that she's longed to be a part of for so long with this dreamboat of a man who she's completely infatuated with, but she's not going to immediately make a move because that's just going to be weird. You yeah. don't need to throw an amnesia subplot in there. Yeah, it's just natural order of things. That's a good enough reason as it is. I just, it's so, it's such a, it's, it's one of those things where... I understand that part of the reason they do all these live-action remakes is to correct perceived flaws with the original. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those ones where it's just like, okay, you went a little too hard this time. That was not yeah. a flaw. That was just... You didn't need that. Yeah. You could have just kept that in. Uh, Melissa McCarthy, pretty damn good Ursula. Okay. Yeah, no, very big fan. Javier Bardem, not as wooden as the trailers made him out to be. Okay. <laughs> so that was nice. That's good. Oh, and also... I know Eric doesn't get a good look at Ariel, but there's a whole thing in this one and the original where he considers that she might be the girl that saved him and therefore the one he's searching for, only to basically dismiss it when he realizes she can't talk. Mm. Which almost makes sense in the original. Yeah. But here, they expressly bring up, because they assume she's been shipwrecked when they find her, Mm-hmm. They bring up she can't speak and go, poor thing, it's, she's lucky it's not worse. Implying that they acknowledge that this is probably the result of trauma. Mm. So, the fact that he dismisses her offhand, despite the fact that they're apparently advanced enough to realize that trauma can do that to a person, <laughs> kind of ass backwards. What? I was going to say, wait, doesn't this movie also take place in the 1920s like, or 30s or something oh, like it's, that? It, I assume earlier than that. I yeah, because it's like, that was not really much of an idea at that point yeah it's one of those why did you bring it up if you're just not even gonna yeah, yeah. like just to remind everyone in the back of the room battlefield fatigue and ptsd wasn't even considered a real thing until post-world war one during world war one it was considered as cowardice so it's like i have a hard time seeing anything before that just being like oh yeah trauma's real <laughs> or the effects of trauma yeah that's real shit yeah 
They also made some changes to the end, Hmm. most of which are, I think, pretty for the better. Okay. The thing they did that was not for the better is Flounder and Sebastian don't really do anything at the end. Aww. There was a little (laughs) bit in the original where they helped smack around the eels a little bit before Ursula accidentally zappity-zap-zaps them. Hmm. But here that gets taken out, so they're just kind of not there for the climax. Oh, that's unfortunate. But the better change, and this works as a better change because they gave Eric more to do over the course of the rest of the movie... He's not the one who takes out Ursula. Mm. Ariel does it instead. Okay. Same way, steers a ship right into her. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but I do like that they gave Ariel that moment. Mm. I'd say to That's fix like... her own mess, but you know, it's the craziest thing. Across my life, my opinion on this movie has gone from being on Ariel's side to being on Triton's side to being back on Ariel's side. Mm-hmm. Because it's a case of, okay, yes, Ariel is making objectively pretty poor decisions however she's an impulsive teenager and the main reason these decisions are being made at this way in this time is because triton is so strict and so refusing to compromise that what other option is there yeah triton is one of those boomer dads who is low-key abusive not necessarily not even i hesitate to say abusive but he's one of those He's one of those boomer dads who is so controlling and so demanding and so unwilling to hear out his kids that when they move out, they proceed to basically cut all contact because they find the freedom intoxicating and realize, oh, I don't have to deal with this anymore. And then they wonder out loud on Reddit, am I the asshole? Yes. (laughs) Yes, you are. A.K.A. the creative writing subreddit. (laughs) So, no, it's interesting how I've, I've come basically full circle and gone... Okay, Ariel's not making correct decisions, but it's directly a result of your actions. So, no, it's your fault. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, in the wake of all the horrifying treatment facing the LGBTQ community at this time, I'm missing Mm -hmm. some letters, I apologize. This feels stupidly relevant. Oh, really? Yeah, because the whole shtick is, you know, Ariel feels like she wants to be something else and explore a different part of herself than what everybody is telling her. Hmm. And it's not, that's not just, you know, LGBTQ issues. Yeah. There's, everybody has the ability to get into a thing that doesn't seem like them and be discouraged by it, but it, it, it's, it feels weirdly topical right now, you know? Yeah, given current events, not to get, like, super deep into it, but given current events, there's basically a lot of people telling one particular community, community, no, you shouldn't do this. Which is not cool, fuck off with that. Which is not cool, exactly. And so, I can see that connection, because it's like, you know, everyone telling somebody they should be this thing, even though they have no idea what this person is even thinking, and then the person who's being told that is like, well, you know what? I want to do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it involves a, a literal physical transformation. Yeah. So, <laughs> God, how long has this movie been in production? Did they know? Uh, Did they know this was coming? <laughs> if they knew that this was coming, I hope they know how it's going to go. <laughs> yeah, give me that crystal ball, Disney. What the fuck? Yeah, give me that crystal ball. Hit me with the lottery numbers, huh? Is it powered by the soul of Walt Disney? <laughs> <laughs> it's just the Madame Leona crystal ball from Haunted Mansion, but it's Walt Disney's frozen head. <laughs> No, yeah, I, I like this. This this was mm. actually a way better time than I was expecting to have. By which I mean, again, I like it about as much as 
the original Little Mermaid, which I think is decent. Right. And I was really not expecting that. I was expecting to walk out of this going, boy, what another watered-down, pardon the pun, worse version of a pre-existing movie. <laughs> and I was certainly not expecting it for The Little Mermaid, of all things, but here we are. Yeah. So, once again... I think it's worth checking out. It's worth viewing as an alternate take, or it's just worth introducing your kids to as the first version of the story, I think. Oh, yeah. Maybe show them the original later. Who knows? Mm. Doesn't really matter. They're both equally all right. One's just maybe a little more aerial skewed, which is, it makes sense, considering it's called the little... There's almost a title drop in this movie. Really? (laughs) A couple times. Mm. They say My Little Mermaid, but... They're not talking about her. They're talking about this little, like, jade statue that Eric has. Oh, okay. And the whole time I'm just sitting there like, really? <laughs> Clearly you wanted to, but you were like, no, we can't do that. It's too You couldn't too go cheesy. all the way and just make it The Little Mermaid? Yeah, it's like you can't just go for the full cheese. You cowards. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh. Anyways, I think that about wraps that up. I've talked about this long enough. Thanks so much for listening, everybody, and for bearing with my rambles about The Little Mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, follow us on Facebook, Spotify, TikTok, Google Podcasts, whatever you want to do. You don't have to do any of it, but it's appreciated if you do. It is indeed. Next week, it's probably going to be another double movie, because Across the Spider-Verse comes out, but also The Boogeyman. I feel like I'm probably just going to see Across the the Spider-Verse. Yep, well, I'm probably seeing The Boogeyman as well, so... Alright. I mean, I'm not going to not see Across the (laughs) Spider-Verse. Yeah, so another weird-ass double feature. (laughs) Yep, two two great tastes that... Taste great together? We'll find <laughs> taste, out. Taste the way, the greatness rainbow. <laughs> taste the rainbow. <laughs> no, wait, that sounds disgusting. Mm. Maybe not disgusting, but very bland. Yeah, it's like probably need some like sugar or something on it. Yeah, a little bit. Anyways, this has been Under the Bridge with Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And with Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And we'll catch you guys next week. Goodbye, everybody. Pay your fucking riders! Riders! <laughs> <laughs> Bye.